this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Good morning. If you are just connecting with us, then I want you to know that I've been going week to week into looking at the Lord's Prayer, phrase by phrase. And today's phrase is the part of the prayer that says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. This is the fourth line of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. So we pray for God's forgiveness as we pray to offer that forgiveness to others. And as I've studied this prayer more in-depthly over these last few weeks, I was trying to think which phrase is the hardest one. Is it where we pray to hollow God's name, to make God's name holy? Or is it when we say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Or is it this one? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. Or as some churches say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Or perhaps you've heard, forgive us our sins. So let's start today with a little church history lesson on this part, because this is the part of the prayer where if you've been a part of other churches, you have probably heard different words inserted into the Lord's Prayer, and maybe you've wondered, why the difference here? And so I'm going to give you a little church history lesson, so everybody put your little church nerds hat on so I can help you know you can bring this up at lunchtime with your friends and other churches, you can all discuss, what do we say, trespasses, debts, or sins, and you can be the historian in the room. So here's how it goes. So if you have been a part of Episcopal, Methodist, um, Roman Catholic tradition, you will likely say trespasses. If you have been a part of Presbyterian or Reformed traditions, you will likely hear debts and debtors. If your church has been influenced by the 20th century modern ecumenical trend and movement, which was to say sins and sinners, forgive us our sins. And if you are in the Christian church, Disciples of Christ, then it really just truly depends church to church, whether you are saying trespasses or debts in the Lord's Prayer. My my church in Tennessee said, forgive us our debts. And here in Madisonville this morning, we will say, forgive us our trespasses. So why the variations in this word? Don't forget that we have two different versions of the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6 and Luke 11. In Luke's version of this prayer, in Luke chapter 11, verse 4, Jesus says, Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. Luke uses sin, but he also pairs it with debts. In the other example of the Lord's Prayer from the Gospel of Matthew, in Matthew 6, it reads, Forgive us our debts 
as we also have forgiven our debtors. Almost all modern English translations have the Greek translated as debt these days. If you are going for accuracy on the ancient Greek to modern English, debts and debtors really wins the day on the most accurate translation. But why are we Bible-loving Christians saying trespasses then? Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, one in part, it's influenced by later on in Matthew, after this prayer, Jesus expounds upon prayer even further after he teaches this prayer. And he says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Trespasses from the Greek word literally means to fall away or take a misstep. If you are trespassing on someone's property, you know you're in a place you shouldn't be. You've strayed from the path. You've taken a misstep. But truly, I think the biggest influence here comes from William Tyndale of the 1500s in England. And I've mentioned him before, but his influence on the Protestant Reformation um, was huge, especially on the English-speaking world. And we are Kentuckians, but we're still speaking English today. And his influence was important on us. So... Um, and Tyndale, if you don't know him, he was um, an English priest who is known for being the first person to translate the New Testament and the Old Testament into English in 1526. This was radical, to have a language of the Bible in the language of the people reading and speaking. Worship at that time was in Latin. This was a radical thing for people to hear scripture in their native language. And for him, it was English. And Tyndale used trespasses in this part from the Gospel of Matthew. This is what he translated debts as trespasses. And um, there's lots of speculation of why he chose the word trespass, but truly, we don't really know because Tyndale had some other things on his mind because just about nine years later, after fleeing for his safety, he was arrested for the crime of heresy. He was put to death by strangulation. His body was burned, all for the crime of translating scripture into English. And the Book of Common Prayer, which was written in 1549, was heavily influenced by Tyndale's words. And they had trespasses in there. And a lot of English-speaking Protestant churches have continued trespasses for the last 500 years. So no matter what though, if you say forgive us our debts, forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our sins, these are all three different ways of essentially trying to say the same thing. That all of us have fallen short. That all of us have strayed from the path that God has called us to live and we all need forgiveness. The Lord's Prayer recognizes that we all need forgiveness, but also points out that we all need to offer forgiveness. And that part to me is the tricky part. Jesus doesn't say, forgive us our debts, period. He teaches us to pray, 
Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. He teaches us to pray with these tied together, to ask God for forgiveness and to also be a people who offer forgiveness. They are tied together. As one person says, one way of saying it could be, forgive us our wrongs in the same way and to the same degree as we forgive those who wrong us. Jesus ties together our own forgiveness with our ability to offer forgiveness to others. Do we ask God for our own forgiveness while failing to offer the very thing that we so desperately want from God? Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a huge theme in the New Testament, in the Gospels. Time and time again, we see examples and stories of Jesus' teaching on forgiveness. I thought of the prodigal son and how the younger son comes home to his father and receives his father's immediate forgiveness and welcome back. I thought of the story of the woman caught in adultery who is about to be stoned to death and Jesus refuses to condemn her and says, go and sin no more. I thought of the time they asked Jesus, how many times should we forgive Jesus? Seven times? They thought that sounded like a crazy number. And Jesus says, how about 70 times? Seven times. Forgiveness is such an important theme. In fact, even from the cross, even as Jesus was dying from the cross, one of the last things he is recorded as saying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Forgiveness. Even in those moments, he was praying to forgive them. In the book Forgiveness, it's called A Bold Choice for a Peaceful Heart. The writer says, forgiveness is a favor we do for ourselves in order to free ourselves. It's letting go of the need for revenge for that person to hurt as much as they have hurt you. It's releasing yourself from the resentment and anger and bitterness. As the writer Anne Lamont has a great way of putting it, she says, choosing not to forgive is like drinking rat poisoning and waiting for the rat to die. Forgiveness isn't just something we do for the benefit of others. We do it for our own hearts. And before I jump deeper into forgiveness, I thought I would take a moment to just talk about what forgiveness isn't. Because as a pastor, I hear a lot of stories, stories of your lives, stories of great pain and heartache, abuse and betrayals. And I thought for a moment before I continue on this forgiveness path that I would talk for a moment what at least I think forgiveness isn't. Forgiveness does not mean there aren't consequences for our actions. I know I sound like somebody's mother when I say this, but it's true. (laughs) Forgiveness doesn't mean there aren't consequences. Even when we seek God's forgiveness for things we've done in our own lives, it still doesn't mean there aren't going to be repercussions for our actions. The second thing, forgiveness does not mean forgetting. Let's just throw that phrase out. I'm not even going to say it. We don't forget, do we? It doesn't mean forgetting. The third thing I wanted to say is that forgiveness doesn't necessarily happen in an instant and overnight. Sometimes it takes us a long while to get there. 
Forgiveness doesn't excuse what happened. It isn't saying that what happened or the hurt or the wound did not matter. And finally, and maybe this is the hardest one of all to figure out, forgiveness doesn't always mean that the relationship can be restored to what it once was or should have been. Some things are so broken that they can't be put together for healing to happen. And I just wanted to quickly remind you of those things, even as we talk about forgiveness, because I know this is a hard topic for all of us. But Jesus clearly thought forgiveness was important. To receive forgiveness and to offer forgiveness, he teaches us to pray that in the Lord's Prayer. And one Christian writer beautifully wrote about this. She wrote it about from her own experience. And she said, staying angry with you is how I protect myself from you. Refusing to forgive you is not only how I punish you, it's also how I keep you from getting close enough to hurt me again. And nine times out of ten, it works. But there's a cost. There's a serious side effect. It's called bitterness. It can do terrible things to the human body and soul. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. To forgive our trespasses when we have strayed from the place we shouldn't be. When we've missed the mark. When we've sinned. Forgiveness sets us free. Free from the weight of sin and death that we cling to. Free from guilt and shame and regret. Forgiveness, as one author puts it, throws a monkey wrench into the eternal wheel of retribution and vengeance. Mercy and forgiveness is about breaking that cycle of anger and bitterness and pain. It is to be set free. Free in the power of God's love. Ernest Hemingway has this really short story called The Capital of the World. And in the story, he begins the very beginning of the story with this. He says, Madrid is full of boys named Paco, which is the diminutive of the name Francisco. And there's a Madrid joke about a father who came to Madrid and inserted an advertisement in the newspaper, which said, Paco, meet me at Hotel Montana noon on Tuesday. All is forgiven, Papa. And how a squadron of police had to be called out to disperse the 800 young men who answered the advertisement. <laughs> the joke, of course, is that there are a whole lot of Pacos in Madrid. But the deeper truth, the deeper truth, is just how many sons long to hear, All is forgiven. Jesus teaches us to pray for forgiveness, to recognize that all of us have fallen short, and he assumes that we need it. And he also assumes that we must learn to offer it. You can't have a marriage, a friendship, a relationship, a workplace, a school, a church, a family, a friend, you can't have any of those wonderful and amazing things in life without forgiveness. You won't make it far. We all need forgiveness. I remember a woman in my church 
who had had a really painful relationship with her mom over the years. And I won't get into specifics of what her mom did or didn't do, but basically this, this woman in my church had grown up um, with a lot of resentment and anger for her own childhood and the choices her mom made on her behalf when she was a kid. She certainly felt very abandoned by her mom. And as she'd gone into her adulthood, she had found uh, a respectful but distant and very limited relationship with her mom. She, she lived her life, perhaps rightfully so, with her guard up. And there was a lot of distance between them. And then um, on the day came when her mom was dying and in the hospital, this woman from my church went to see her mom. And at this point, her mom couldn't even talk any longer, but she was there at her bedside. And this woman in my church pointed out that her mom had never once really talked about the past, and she hadn't brought it up either. And her mom had certainly never asked for her forgiveness for the things she'd done in the past. But she said she was sitting at her bedside and suddenly felt compelled to say it anyway. Mom, I forgive you. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. She said that for her own heart as much as her mother's. Today, before I close in prayer, I'd like for you to reflect a little bit about forgiveness in your life this morning. What kind of trespasses are you still holding on to in your own life? Where do you need to seek God's forgiveness? Moments that you have strayed from the path or missed the mark? Have you asked for God's forgiveness? We are quick to hold on to shame and guilt and regret, but sometimes we forget to go to the source and to ask God for forgiveness. And secondly, maybe this one's the harder one for us, is it time for you to offer forgiveness to someone? Is it time for you to try to let go of the anger and bitterness and resentment you've been carrying toward them? And if for some reason this morning you know already that your immediate answer is, no, Kara, no thanks. I can't go there yet. And if that is, then I invite you today to make your prayer one to God to help you begin to walk the path to step on the path towards forgiveness. Ask God to help you move one step a little closer towards that path. The forgiveness of your own heart and the forgiveness you need to offer to others. Let's pray. God of new beginnings and mercy, God in Jesus Christ, who offered forgiveness even from the cross, we ask that you hear our prayers this morning. Help us to turn to you, to not run from the debt of our sin that we have caused, both knowingly and unknowingly. Help us to seek you with forgiveness. And teach us to be a people of mercy for the things and situations now that we struggle to forgive in our own lives. 
We pray that you might crack open our hearts today to choose to walk on the path towards forgiveness and help us to hear your call to forgiveness, not only for others, but for our own hearts to be made lighter and set free. In Christ's holy name we pray, amen.